When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from a diagnosable mental disorder in any given year. That's one in four adults in America that has a diagnosable mental health disorder. And that's a lot of people. And in this episode of 91 of the Mental Health Today show, I'm going to be talking about the five mental disorder early warning signs to watch out for. Coming right up. Welcome to the Mental Health Today Show. My name is John Cordray. I'm a board-certified counselor and a host of the Mental Health Today Show, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you're new, great to have you. I appreciate you. I hope you'll subscribe and come back. If you are not new, I appreciate you very much, and you are why I do this show, and so I'm thankful that you're here. So I want to talk about this, this episode, episode 91 about five mental disorder early warning signs to watch out for. And I want to make a disclaimer that just because you you have perhaps one of these five early warning signs, it does not guarantee or necessarily mean that you have a mental illness. That's not what I'm saying. But why I am, the reason why I did want to do this episode is, is to share some of these warning signs and to get you thinking that maybe if you have one or more of these, or a loved one may have more than one or more of these, then to work on it and to do something about it and don't just put it off and not do anything. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about what is a diagnosable disorder, what are, what are a few of them. And I do have a, uh, I do distinguish between a mental health issue and a mental health diagnosis. Uh, a mental health issue is something that is not quite diagnosable, but there's something going on. Maybe you have high stress. Um, maybe it's um, you have a lot of worry uh, that's not quite classified as anxiety. Uh, so that's a mental health issue. And there's others uh, that you can uh, be experiencing, but not really have uh, a, a diagnosis. Like you might feel gloomy, but you're not typically, you're not going to be uh, diagnosed as uh, major depressive disorder because you're feeling gloomy, that type of thing. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, a few things that are for you disorders that are classified uh, as a diagnosis. And uh, by the way, licensed therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists, we use a manual called the DSM-5. It's a a pretty thick manual that uh, has classifications of diagnosis. 
And it just helps us to know what it is that clients uh, suffer from so we can develop a treatment plan uh, that goes in the right direction, that has a plan of action to work on whatever it is that clients need to work on. And so these uh, examples of actual diagnosable uh, disorders that are found in the DSM-5, and here's a few of them, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, uh, or GAD, G-A-D, generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, that is a uh, anxiety that you have that it's just kind of generalized. It's kind of self-explanatory. You don't really know why. You just have anxiety. It's a, in a pit of your stomach. Your heart races sometimes. You wake up in the morning. You feel anxious, and you go to work or you go to school. You come home. You feel anxious, and it's just there. And maybe it's low-grade uh, or maybe it's pretty high, uh, but it's always with you. And that could be, that's a generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, another um, classification is obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. And this is when someone who has obsessive thoughts or compulsions, and it prevents you from doing things uh, very quickly. Like um, you may have heard of um, people wash their hands constantly and, or they take showers and it takes them two to three hours uh, to do that. Uh, maybe they check locks. Uh, maybe they have to have certain things in a row or lined up before they can go to sleep. Uh, so uh, in order for them to feel at ease, certain things have to be in order. And that's kind of, that's obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, then there's borderline personality disorder, and a lot of times this happens from uh, trauma, severe trauma, and uh, a lot of times people with uh, borderline personality disorder, uh, they have a hard time with relationships, and they uh, sometimes they go away for long times, and they, people don't hear from them for a long time. Uh, maybe they, they develop a different type of personality um, that they have, and, and maybe they just want a different life. And so they go and they try to have a different life. And, and so borderline personality disorder is hard on relationships. Uh, and then there's, uh, and not always, obviously when I say these things, it doesn't mean it's for uh, exactly happens all the time, but uh, borderline personality disorder tends to be difficult in relationships. Uh, major depressive disorder is a, uh, a mental illness uh, classification in a DSM-5. And, and there's different types of uh, classifications of this, uh, but basically it's a major depressive uh, event. Uh, it could be a recurring, it could be a one-time event, lost all hopelessness or hope and feelings of hopelessness. You don't want to do anything. You just want to stay in bed or stay at home. There's no joy. Nothing really helps you feel better. Uh, that's major depressive disorder. Bipolar disorder, that could be um, it gets ups and downs. You probably uh, have heard of that before, and really low and really highs, and that's manic is really high and really low is depression. Sometimes uh, bipolar can can uh, not have the manic and it's just really major the the depression uh or sometimes the manic can last a long time and you feel like you're on top of the world and there's a lot of spending going on a lot of things that um you just feel like you're invincible when you're manic 
And then there's anxiety and, and different types of specific phobias. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of arachnophobia, a fear, uh, a, not just a fear, but a phobia of spiders where um, even a little spider or even just me mentioning spiders sends chills up your spine, <laughs> right? Uh, but there's phobias for just about everything. And uh, it can keep people from from really enjoying life and going outside. And uh, if you have a fear of insects or a fear of uh, dogs um, or a phobia of dogs, sorry, a phobia of insects, it's hard to go outside. And so phobias really keep you from, from living life. And so a, a lot of people who have a mental disorder also have what's called a coexisting disorder, meaning that there may be other types of diagnosis going on. Um, for instance, you could have depression and anxiety, and you can have uh, um, a classification from the DSM-5 of anxiety and depression. So it's not the, the, the more uh, mental illnesses that you have, the harder it is. It's more complex. And it could really lead to a downward spiral uh, and despair and loneliness. Uh, because it's really difficult to explain your emotions to somebody, isn't it? It's hard to, to say exactly or describe exactly how you're feeling when that other person doesn't really get it. And maybe they, for instance, maybe they've never been depressed. There have been people who say that they've never been depressed. And so it's hard to understand someone who's talking about uh, losing hope and things and depressed all the time. And it's hard to express to others what you're going through. And, and that could be very frustrating, very lonely. And so if you have a mental illness, uh, it, it could be a very lonely thing. And, and I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the episode that 26 of Americans, uh, adults who, who have a, a, a mental illness, a diagnosable DSM-5 classification, uh, that's in America. In other parts of the world, it's very high as well. I don't have the statistics uh, for other countries, but I know it's very high. I know mental illness is huge millions and millions and millions of people around the world suffer from a mental illness and yet so many people do not get the help that they need and a lot of times it's because they don't want to the help they ignore it they they say you know i don't need that psycho mumbo jumbo <laughs> right and they just choose to live a life of dread and not get the help they need and so I, I wanted to make this episode. I wanna I wanted to talk about this because I think it's so important. And also to encourage you that if you have a mental illness and or a diagnosable mental illness or disorder, I want to emphasize that it's simply a classification, not a designation. Meaning that, yeah, it's a classification. You're therapist or your psychiatrist, psychologist, they need that classification so we can give you a, a, a good treatment plan. But it's not a designation. And a, what I mean by a designation is not determine who you are as a person. Your mental illness does not define who you are. You are a person, a genuine person who had thoughts and feelings. You have purpose, whether you feel like it or not. 
you have a lot to offer people, whether you feel like it or not. So your mental illness is simply a classification, not a designation. And I really want to highlight that because so many people have these negative thoughts that if you have a mental illness, that means that you are crazy and other people do not want to hang out with crazy people. The thing is, one in four adults has a mental illness. And so if everyone thinks that, then they're all going to avoid getting the help that they need. They're not not going to talk about their struggle because they don't want people to know how they're, what they're going through, their struggles. We were very, many times we are very private people. We don't want people to know how we're feeling because somehow we have looked upon mental illness as a very negative thing. And yet so many people struggle with it. And I think that's so backwards that we as a society, and I mean worldwide, Worldwide, the stigma of mental illness is is so bad that people refuse to get help because they don't want anyone else to know that they have some form of mental illness. And it keeps them from getting the help they need. It keeps them from living a life that they really truly desire because they're not getting help. So I wanted to talk about the five mental disorder early warning signs that you can look for either in yourself or a loved one. And uh, so here are the five that I'm going to talk about. There are a lot more that we can talk about that I can list. But to keep this episode brief, uh, I'm just going to talk about five. So the first one is isolation and withdrawal from others for long periods of time. And the key phrase is long periods of time. You isolate yourself, you withdraw from people. Maybe maybe you're outgoing, maybe you, you were once, uh, you know, you can hang out with people, but now you're isolating, you're withdrawing, and you don't want other people around you. You would rather just go to school, go to work, come home, and then be by yourself. Just stay away. So you isolate yourself, maybe from your family members even, and you go to your room and you isolate yourself. For long periods of time, I'm not talking about a couple of days here and there. I'm talking about weeks and months. The second one is an increase in use of drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol is really a, a, a self a way of self-medicating. And drugs, and we're talking about the illegal drugs here, uh, and alcohol are not good for your body, are not good for your brain. Even though a lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol to numb the pain. But the problem is that oh, it might help. It might give you that dopamine fix. But eventually and soon after, it will make it worse. And then you're going to need more and more and more to feel better. And as you, you consume more and more of the drugs and alcohol, it's going to make it worse for your body, for your overall health. And your mind and your body... They are connected. And so if you abuse alcohol and drugs and you increase that, then there's something that you're trying to mask, that you are trying to self-medicate from. And, and that's something that we want to make sure that we try to figure out where is that coming from. If you peel back all the, the self-medication, where, where is the hurt? Where is the pain? We need to expose that. 
The third one is frequent running away or staying away for long periods of time. Now, this is similar to the isolation and withdrawal, uh, but this is actually going away, leaving a relationship. You're, you're just going somewhere else for long periods of time. You don't really tell people where you're going or why you're going. You just leave. And you, you may want to just start over with life and, and go somewhere on the beach and live on the beach or go to a different country and you don't tell anybody. And, and then, and then maybe months later you say something and you're back in their life and, and it's just frequent. It just goes back and forth for long periods of time. You stay away for long periods of time. The fourth one is feelings of hopelessness for many days in a row. You just don't, you just lost all hope. You would rather just stay in bed all day, not go to work, not go to school. And, and the, the, there's nothing that brings you joy. You're, you have this dark cloud over you and it's heavy. It's a physical sensation that you just, you can't get off the couch. You, you just don't want to get out of bed and, and you just want to sleep your life away because nothing seems to work. You have no joy anymore. And you lost all hope. And then the fifth one, the fifth warning sign is letting fear keep you from doing the things that you want or need to do. So that fear, you don't do something. So you, you don't go to school. You don't go to work. You don't uh, do the job interview that you need to, need to do because it's fear that keeps you from doing that. When fear interferes from something that you want to do or that you need to do, there is something bigger going on. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. And you allow that fear to stop you in your tracks, and you can't move forward. So these are the five mental disorder, early warning signs to look at far. I'll repeat them. Number one is isolation and withdrawal from others for long periods of time. Number two, it's an increase in the use of drugs and alcohol. Three, frequent running away and staying away for long periods of time. The fourth one, it's feelings of hopelessness for many days in a row. And number five, Letting fear keep you from doing the things that you want to do. So if you've answered yes to any of, the, any of these warning signs, I recommend that you find a therapist to talk to. You probably thought I was going to say that, right? You want to talk to a therapist. And I know if you're struggling right now and, and you're, maybe you said yes to one or more of these warning signs, the last thing you're, you're going to want to do is actually talk to a therapist because you don't want to expose 
your fear. You don't want to expose whatever you've been trying to hide from yourself and from others. You don't want someone else to see it. And I get that. Or maybe you have, uh, you have looked at, looked for a therapist, or maybe you talked to a therapist and it didn't go well. And so you're just thinking, well, it's not going to go well anymore. And so why even try? You can have all these excuses of why you shouldn't go to a therapist. You can, you can have all of them and you probably have had those excuses for a long time. It's too far. I don't have enough time. It's too expensive. And yet you continue to struggle and struggle and life is hard and harder and harder And you don't quite make the correlation that if you get help, you might feel better. You just wish it would all go away. You don't want to talk to a therapist and you don't want to feel this way. And there's a magic button for it. I wish. (laughs) I wish. I wish there was a magic button, but there's not. The magic button is you have to work hard and you have to expose the issue. And you have to be vulnerable. And you have to work on the treatment plan. That's the magic button. But the button doesn't, it doesn't cure it instantly. It takes time, lots of time. And it makes you stronger. The stronger you become, the better this gets and the better you get as a person. And by the way, speaking of therapists, and and I know some of you have tried and there's a waiting list. You can't get a hold of somebody they don't call you back. I, I get it. I've heard that. Um, and again, that's part of the excuses, right? Well, I called, no one called me back, so therefore I'm not going to try again. Or I can't find a therapist that matches who I am as a person, my personality. But here's the thing, whether it's in, in person or now because of COVID, uh, really the online counseling skyrocketed in the last year. And there are so many, if you just go online and type in, um, virtual counseling or online counseling or telehealth, you're going to find a ton of, of organizations that all they do is, is, um, online counseling. And that creates a lot of opportunity. And there's a lot online therapy, a lot of online therapists is not as expensive as you think. And it eliminates all excuses. <laughs> yes, you can say, well, it's not the same as in person. I get it. Yeah, you're right. It's not the same. However, is it better than nothing? Is it better than not doing anything at all? I mean, you're used to watching TV. It's not in person. You don't have to go watch a live uh, a live episode. You're used to listening to a podcast. That's not in person. I know it's a little different, but I guess what I'm saying is try it. I think after a while, it, you'll get used to it. I know it's not the best. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, not as um, effective as in person, I would say, because it's not that personal touch, but it is effective. It is uh, an opportunity for you to get help. And I would say try it. If you tried in person or you can't get a hold of a, a therapist near you, go online and, and sign up and try and just try it for a month and see. And you'll see, you'll be able to find something that's that will fit in your budget, I think. 
But the point is, whether you have uh, what, one of these warning signs or you think something else is going on, you need to get help and it's not going to go away on its own. And you really need to talk to a therapist. Now, talking to a friend is great. Uh, I always recommend talking, finding someone that you trust to talk to. Talking to a friend is great, but they're not a therapist. And if you have a mental illness and it's not being treated, maybe maybe you've gone to a therapist and then you stopped for some reason and haven't gone back. I would encourage you to to continue getting treatment unless that you are healed, unless that you have recovered and you're fine, which is great, by the way. I know a lot of people who have struggled with a mental illness and now they're a lot better and and I would say cured. They went through a period of darkness in their life and now now they're in light and they're enjoying life. So just because you may have one or more of these warning signs and you said yes, that's me or or maybe you're thinking of another person and say yes, that's them. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that there's absolutely a mental illness. This is not meant to be a diagnosable episode. Uh, Nobody should claim to diagnose it on something over a podcast. Uh, But certainly there are signs to look for and, and, and hopefully it's encouraged you to seek out help. You know, if you have a, a tooth that's hurting, you're going to seek out a dentist. Or if you have um, a dislocated shoulder, you're going to go to the doctor. Why do people not want to go to a therapist if they have a mental health issue? It's because of stigma. The dentist doesn't have a stigma to go to. A doctor going to a doctor to get your shoulder repl- uh, fixed, there's no stigma uh, attached to that. But for whatever reason, as a society, uh, worldwide, not just in America, but worldwide, there is a stigma that says if you have a mental illness, there's something wrong with you. You're a crazy person and you're not part of this group of people. You're over there. It's like we're treated as a leopard. And that's so backwards because so many more people who have a mental illness than they do a a hurt tooth or a dislocated shoulder. You know, I said this at the beginning of the episode, one in four adults have a mental illness. One in four. How many people do you know? A lot. And the statistics here is one in four adults have a mental illness, a diagnosable mental illness. But they're not going to tell you either, just like you're not going to tell them and because it's taboo. It's, it's a stigma. And it's a shame that we don't accept it more and to be able to talk about it more. I do think it's getting a little better, but there's still a, a pretty big stigma. And so often the very people who struggle with a mental illness have the biggest stigma on themselves because they just know that nobody's going to accept them for who they really are. And that's a shame. And if that's your thinking, I just want to encourage you, remember, please remember that your mental illness is a classification, not a designation. And you are a person who deserves dignity, a person who deserves love and acceptance for who you are, not for what you struggle with. 
There's nothing that you did to earn a mental illness. It's not because you're not smart enough. It's not because you're not whatever. It happened to you. It happened to you. Perhaps it was it's hereditary, or perhaps you had trauma. But your mental illness is not something because you don't have a mental illness because there's you're just a terrible person. Your your brain chemistry plays a huge part of it, and you can't control that. And yet we feel like people who have a mental illness feel like they're something that they did to deserve it. And that's not true. Or they think that they're less of a person and that's not true. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope this has been encouraging to you. Uh, I wanted to talk about the early warning signs of a mental disorder, but I also want to 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 emphasize that it is if you have a mental illness, it doesn't define who you are. And uh, I, I hope this has been helpful. If if it has been, let me know. I always enjoy getting replies and responses from listeners, and I would love to hear from you if this has been helpful, or perhaps you have a. Um, a topic that you want me to talk about, I would love to to look at that and, and perhaps bring that on my show. Uh, reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to the Mental Health Today show on Facebook, or you can uh, send me a, a, I'll go on Twitter at John P. Cordray on Twitter, or you can send me an email at john at johncordray.com. And let me know. I would love to hear from you. And, and I love hearing from people all, all, all over the world uh, that my uh, podcast has been helpful. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my show, please do so. And, and one of the things that, I, that would help me if you're wanting to, if you're able to, uh, to leave me a review of the show or the episode or whichever um, the more reviews, the better, uh, my show appears and the more people I can help. I want to help uh, millions of people and I need your help to be able to do that. And just simply a rating of the show and, uh, will go a long way. So, and I appreciate you. And, and if you're new, thank you. I appreciate it. If you have been here for a while, uh, I really appreciate you. You are helping the mental health today show podcast grow. And it's exciting to see that. And because the more it grows, the more people are being helped. And that's my mission and my vision for the mental health today show is to help people around the world who struggle with a mental illness or a mental health issue. And hopefully this episode has been helpful for you. And I can't wait to come back and uh, you can go back and, and, and listen to my other episodes. If you're new if you haven't yet, and um, I'm going to let you go. Whatever you're getting ready to do, I'll let you do that. And until next time, take care of yourself. My name is Dijon Cordray and the host of the Mental Health Today show, and I appreciate you. Take care, and God bless. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.